0: Catch sports daily every Monday to Friday, six to
1: nine AM.
2: And today seems to be Charlie Woods' birthday. Tiger Woods' son. Yeah. Um, do you think he will live up to the greatness of his father, or at least a fraction of that?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting story. Um, actually, uh, speaking of Charlie Woods, uh, you know he's been quite the person who's been on the spotlight when the PGA Tour is hosting these tournaments when his dad is attending, uh, especially those family events where they do play, we've seen them play uh, to the father-son event um, earlier this year. And uh, basically, you know, everybody's hoping that you'll literally become like his dad. I guess we all live with the hope that that will be the case, but I guess that uh, that's his own choice to make if he wants to play golf. But based on what I've seen and some of the commentary running around, uh, you know, covering the young man, it seems like uh, he's well on his way to live up to his dad's uh, amazing uh,
0: Yeah, but we also got to see a little bit of him play, right? Like, when he played alongside his father. Um, I don't know if you've seen um, anything from him since then. Uh, But just in terms of what what you've made of him talent-wise, are you seeing some signs there?
1: Yeah, um, actually, interesting. I I actually had a chat with uh, Gary Player about this uh, same subject uh, not too long ago. And, uh, you know, he was also just saying that, uh, you know, people just have to allow him to to find his own, uh, to get into his own rhythm. But, you know, all the raw materials, all the talent is there. And I think all the support, right? Like, you got to also think about swinging the golf club is one thing and uh, the mental side is one thing. But there's a big part of it, which is experience. And you can bridge that gap with, you know, knowledge transfer through his dad. But definitely, like, the the way is positive for him, and I think it's only bright because, I mean, if you have to learn from your dad, who was one major event over 14 major events, uh, that, that says a lot about the man. So if he's able to Of the tough conditions, and also keeping in mind that he's actually played through some difficult injuries in the past, uh, Tiger Woods, and also had to contest with some career-threatening, uh, you know, uh, like an accident earlier uh, about two years ago. So those things uh, play a huge factor, and certainly will help him to to excel to the level that he should be.
2: Yeah, we wait and see as to how that's going to come about. But let's cross our attention to Gareth Bale. Tanaka like called it on the show um, when he said that he was retiring, right? And he was like, this guy's going to be a golfer. Just first of all, as someone who follows golf and understands the ins and outs of golf, did this come as a surprise to you? No, not
1: really. Um, I've seen a lot of, so I'll give you an example, a lot of cricketers in South Africa as well. I've uh, got the of a lot of A.V. DeVillette, incredible golfer. Um, you also have rugby players that also like to play golf, but they're not as good as the cricketers. Uh, and then you, you, you turn it up to, to football. Uh, obviously, not a lot a lot of our local football players are really into golf, but we've seen some of them get into it after their careers, uh, sort of like uh, are off the pitch, they get into golf quite a bit. So we're seeing that, uh, you know, in Europe, it seems to be quite the trend with uh, Gareth Bale. I mean, he played in the Pebble Beach program recently, and astonishing, I mean, I watched some of his... Um, uh, swings when he was, you know, PGA took some of the videos and posted on Instagram. You can also check it out there at their page on uh, PGA Tour on Instagram. They literally, I mean, the swing is technically speaking, I mean, breaking it down it's a really good swing. Um, and that's why he plays off uh, scratch, uh, you know, which is a very uh, high tier, sort of like handicap for, for amateurs. It's really good.
0: Yeah, we're quite excited. Uh, The potential of of Gareth Bale actually forging a a bit of a professional career in the golfing spaces. Uh, I obviously would think about Michael Jordan, yeah, who had his stints at golf and baseball and all sorts of things. Yeah. uh, Whilst, of course, having his legacy cemented as one of the greatest NBA players of all time. Uh, So we wait. What typically now, uh, maybe, Lennox, you can clarify. So from this Pro-Am, the the Pebble Beach Pro-Am out in California... What would happen? What would have to happen with Gareth Bale next, as he, I suppose, tries to reach professional status?
1: Yeah. So there's a few ways you can get invited into a golf tournament, Um, and also the name um, Gareth Bale's nickname, growing now, the golfer, which is typically known as for that in the past. So I think he's really living into that now and walking into it. But but in essence, really, a lot of the players are invited to programs if you're not a professional, if you're not on the tour. You're typically invited, uh, you know, as, a pro- as an amateur, and that's how Gary Bale gets some of these invitations. He plays in the program. But he won't take part in the professional event. But let's say in the event that he does wish to uh, compete professionally, uh, I think he would have to declare status as a professional. Uh, obviously, there's, there's a bit of a process. And once he does that, you know, you could literally, I guess, attend some of the tournaments if he is invited. Uh, but it is a little bit technical, and uh, there's procedures on how the DP World Tour... Tour and even the Sunshine Tour goes about that. So most uh, amateurs go to qualifying school, and if he's really serious about it, he could possibly go to qualifying school, and that will possibly earning a, a spot, you know, into one of the tours. So I'm sure he's that good if he wants to get that far. But you know obviously, competing professionally is quite different to being a good golfer uh, as an amateur.
2: And it's Gareth Bale, right? It's easy to market him.
1: Yes, of course. I mean, he's got a huge. About five uh, Champions Leagues and uh, participated in in a few World Cups. Mm. Uh, You know, was a skipper for his side uh, for the uh, for Wales. So you know, he's a man who comes with a huge following, but also an enormous amount of respect and a legacy that he has. You know, where he's uh, lived up to. You know, playing for probably one of the best clubs, Real Madrid. You know, and he did there. What he did there was incredible. Um, So yeah, he does come with a huge following. Followed widely mm. around the world, getting into the game, is a great thing.
2: Yeah. Justin Rose, um, Monday was a massive day for him, a memorable one. Do you believe that this is the beginning of many titles?
1: Yeah, Justin Rose, I mean, Justin Rose is probably one of the most uh, clinical golfers you see, one of the most complete golfers, in the sense that, you know, from tee to green, he's just flawless. He's flush. Um He's one of the players that uh, has achieved a few things that others have never achieved and probably won't achieve. Uh, Since that, you know, his career, you know, he got a gold medal back in 2016 at the Rio Olympics, uh, which was an incredible sort of beat for him. He's won one FedEx Cup and he's got 11 PGA Tour wins. And uh, that obviously speaks the length to, you know, um, the journey that he's walked. He's been at the Ryder Cup five times. So he's a man who's got a a lot of experience. And I must also mention that, you know, he was born right here. In, in Joburg uh, in South Africa but obviously he does represent England when he does play on the tour but uh, he won recently obviously at uh, the AT&T Pebble Beach uh, uh, Pro-Am where Gareth Bale was, uh, was there in attendance and you know it's, it's great for him because he had to wait about 1,400 days to, to clinch this win he lost one back in 2019 that was at the Farmers Insurance so he had he had a bit of a dry spell for some time but not really off the mark always knocking always in contention a lot of top 10 finishes but you know, as a golfer, you always want to go past the finish line. And I think, um, you, know, uh, you know, he's really a true model of the game, uh,
0: Justy uh, Rose. Absolutely correct. Let's bring it uh, a little closer to these year's uh, shores. A uh, big one for my guys in the 263 where uh, Benjamin uh, Folia uh, became only the second player to win two Cape Town Open titles uh, when he claimed a one-stroke victory at the Cape Golf Club. This was on Sunday. Uh, talk us through uh, the past four days for him, uh, the four days of golfing action, what he did right, uh, to ultimately put his name in, in the history books, and obviously aspirations going forward for the remainder of this year.
1: Yeah, Benjamin Follett uh, is a good player. I mean, he's um, uh, you know, one of the players that a lot of people, I guess, when he was growing up playing as a junior, he was always earmarked as one of the uh, you know, players that would uh, go far with his career and he's certainly living up to that prediction that people had back then but closing in on the week I mean he had to dig quite deep and uh, I guess having come close multiple times uh, he certainly was you know more calm this time around and I think that knowing that you've won the tournament before uh, can certainly mean that you can go all the way again so being able to do that I think is a a good sign that you know he's in the right track and also I mean it speaks to the um, you know the whole idea of people saying that where you get your first win you're all have a, a very special sort of like sense playing there, and I think that's another example of that.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Then yeah. just a quick question. I mean, you probably have a, a good sense of what's happening out in the 263 by way of golf. I mean, is it a place where someone can build a golfing career and nurture it from Zimbabwe, or is it very much a, you know, the talent identified but it has to be built and, and, and created somewhere else?
1: Um, look, we've got a, uh, Zimbabwe's got a lot of good structures in terms of uh, golf development. They're typically exposing kids to golf. Uh, obviously, not at the scale which you have here in South Africa. But uh, if I'm to mention a few names, you've got the likes of Scott Vincent, who, who is an example of that, who came through the development program that was typically run by Roger Bailey. Uh, Roger Bailey is uh, somebody who has coached Ben, uh apologise before, who won uh, in Cape Town. This was coached to a lot of other players who are on the who made it through out on the tour. And he's also good friends with Nick Price. So they also have the legacy of Nick Price, who was an exceptional golfer back in his day, uh, won multiple times on, on tours and various tours and also claimed uh, several major tournaments as well in the process. So you sort of like build off that momentum. And I think that, um, yeah, it, it's up to, you know, obviously good uh, planning to ensure that there is uh, good succession planning for the youngsters coming to, to keep up the legacy. Like what we see in South Africa where there's a lot of, uh, youngsters who are exposed to the game but also the professionals who are making it are literally uh, passing the baton on to them as well so that they're able to compete uh, at these levels as well uh, when they do get the opportunity to get on the PGA Tour, on the DP World Tour and obviously starting their journey off on the sunshine tour. So, so Yeah, I think that uh, there's really generally golf speaking and, and some of the things happening out in um, in Uganda as well, lots of positive things. I know that there's a lot of things, uh, good things happening in Zambia. So, African golf in general is on the rise and obviously uh, right at the top of it is uh, South Africa who are
2: uh, leading the charge. Uh, Lennox, the conversation around the, the tour, um and players who compete in that not being able to compete in any other majors and now the players now taking a stand and saying that, listen, we really want to be included into other competition. we shouldn't be deprived and not being given access. Do you think that because this matters in the law, well in the hands of the court, because the players are also backing the Live Tour, do you think possibly the, the, the outcome will be something different this year?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's, uh, it's always going to be controversial because I think there's uh, humanitarian arguments that are being thrown on the other side against players who are playing in the Live Series. Um, and, you know, one of two things can happen. They can either be allowed to participate in the DP World Tour or not, or, or on the other tours or not. Uh, they might even not be allowed, they might not allow them to participate in the majors, which is highly unlikely. But you also keep in mind that, you know, the Live Tour has got some of the big names in golf who are signed with them. So those are the big crowd pullers. And if you don't have your Dustin Johnson's, if you don't have uh, some of the big names at your events, uh, you know, attendance is going to be low. People want to see these people play. So, you know, and the Live is offering them a lot of money. So if they are not successful, they can just perhaps triple the prize money. Than what it is right now and maybe have more frequent events and try and lure some of the players out of the other tours to join the live series so it will just become about who's got deeper pockets and i think at this point that oil money is uh, quite big yeah
2: that oil money is something that that is taking over we're seeing it also in football but but do we not see if, if possibly they do not win the case and they they stick to the mandate that if you play in the live series that's where you stay the saudis will create another competition
1: of course, of course. That's uh. certainly on the cards. I mean, look, they, look at another sporting code. They took Cristiano Ronaldo into Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's uh, into, the, into that part of the world for football. And it's a big contract, right? I mean, who would say no to that? <laughs> it's pretty difficult to say no to that. As much as you play sport for the fact that you love it, I mean, there's also money involved and you have to make financial decisions.
0: Yeah, Lennox, uh, I suppose as we wrap it up, just give us a sense of what this week is looking like.
1: Yeah, uh, this week, uh, the DP World Tour moves certainly to the Singapore Classic. That's going to be out of the Laguna National Golf, Co- golf Course. It's uh, quite a, an incredible tournament. It'll start off tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be uh, an exciting one with the likes of MJ Fulguyen, who's representing South Africa, Louis Diaz as well, part of the mix, and, uh, and as well as uh, other, other South Africans who are going to be in the mix. So it's going to be a, a big match to, to sort of like follow, a uh, big tournament to follow, but it's certainly... Uh, going to be an exciting one for for the boys because I think we've got a lot of representation at South Africa in these tournaments but, um, you know, last week Xander Lombard came second at uh, the uh, Raz Al-Kaima tournament so hopefully we can have uh, another South African, more South African finishing in the top 10, closing in on these tournaments I think it's it's a great part
2: Well, Lennox, thank you so much have a good day further, safe journeys and safe travels wherever you're going,
1: yeah? Awesome, thank you so much and uh, great to be part of the show
2: Yeah, absolutely. That is Lennox Osada talking all things golf, right? Dissecting what is happening, Bila Bila, in the world of golf.
1: Sports Daily, every Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m.